Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 10th, 2011. Newcomers should look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourselves to the audios for, for a free download. There's thousands to choose from and hopefully I give you at the start at least an understanding the big system, this overlaying system over all governments and within all governments uh, that really merged together to run a world, a planned world, always knowing where they were going from well over a hundred years ago into a planned kind of socialist uh, society where everyone's monitored, tracked and traced. H.G. Wells wrote about that in his own book on Modern Utopia. And eventually they'll come right into the genetic pool and decide who will get married, who won't get married, or even excluding marriage, they'll actually just say you've got the wrong genes, basically. You're not the kind that we want, so they're going to sterilize you. And that was all in his book, too, a long, long time ago. And he worked, of course, for the association that became known as Royal Institute for International Affairs or the Council on Foreign Relations on the American side. So we're living through a big planned script, a social society, reduced population, and, uh, and again, sustainability and austerity is all part of what we're going through on the way to all of this, to the ending. It's all parts that you, you go along on the way. Forced austerity and into uh, moving from the rural areas into the overcrowded cities as a generation goes down and dies off, basically, because they're certainly not breeding in the Western countries. And um, that's what they hope for. And for the lovely year 2050 or so, where they can start the world afresh. So we're going through the, the, the tumult right now, and that's what all these wars and so on are about, grabbing the last of the resources for the big boys who still plan to hold on to the world right through up into 2050 and beyond the big rich families. So remember, too, you can buy the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I don't bring on guests as advertisers, and most do, which is okay. So I depend upon the listeners to keep me going. You can buy the books and discs by using um, a personal check from the U.S. to Canada. You can use an international postal money order. You can also use PayPal to order. Use the donation button on the website. You'll see all the payment uh, uh, page there. It's listed how to do it. And uh, remember, straight donations, too, are certainly welcome as well. Across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal to order using the donation button. And again, straight donations are certainly, certainly welcome. Thousands and thousands. I know so many people listen to this from all over the planet. I know that from all the emails that flood in. It would take you two days to, to read through one day's emails. And uh, so, But very few help out at all. And that's the way it goes, unless I start bringing on guests who will scare the bejesus out of you, as you say and then offer you the fantastic solution that they offer that's going to save your life, grow your hair, and make you live to 150, or whatever the case may be. So it's up to you if you want it done this way or not. If you do want it this way, don't take it for granted that I'm always here, I always will be here, because I won't be, obviously. 
with the cost that I incur here just doing this particular uh, broadcast. So it's up to you. And I try to get past the media, what the media throws out to you to you to panic about. Because, you see, that's the stage we're in today. It's controlled by really panicking people. When people are panicked, they and they get very angry, too, and they're panicking as well because all things are being done via government, basically, to them. Uh, they get uh, disorientated, and when they're disorientated, they're very easily managed by the ongoing media. And remember, you can get addicted to fear as well. It's an interesting thing that neuroscientists understand perfectly well. I'll touch on that when I come back from this break. back cutting through the matrix and talking about fear because I mentioned before how horror movies for instance and the neuroscientists know this uh, that uh, we, get, we get hooked on the, the rotten stories it's very generally pretty bad stories that they have written into these horror stories but we, we get hooked in because we start to identify with the main characters and that's basically the hook on it and of course all movies use the same technique the men generally identify with the hero the, the woman with the, with the the heroine, and they'll bring you through a lot of garbage to get there, and indoctrination as well. That's where we get our new terms from, the cussing words and swearing words that happen to be, uh, used to be called profanity, now it's just common terminology. And we get all that from the movies. The children see them too and copy them as well. But we watch the rest of these rotten movies uh, because we're, we're hooked. Something, oh, it's not them that's getting chased, you see, it's us that's getting chased. We're getting chased. And so the amygdala responds to that as though you are really being chased. And you have car chases and hunts and through all of these particular movies today. And because we're built for survival, the amygdala will keep you hooked onto it till the end. That's what the, the guys who make the movies hope for, so they can put predictive programming all the way through it. In other words, new, new ways of behaving that you will then emulate. But um, it's, it's based on fear. You, you think if I miss something, then then I'll die. You see, if I was the hero, I'd die. If I missed something important, I didn't see something coming, whatever it was, or I ignored it, I'll die. It's the same with news, and they know this too because you have a lot of psychologists working uh, in the media, and uh, you have to see some of the courses these characters take through their university courses. The ones who get up to the top, you know, the special people, and. They use the same techniques as well. It's a bit more suave and sophisticated, but it's the same techniques. And you get hooked into stories. And of course, they'll even tell you before then, don't tune in tomorrow or you might, you know, you might miss something that might save your life, something like that. And this is what Homeland Security, of course, uses on mainstream through all their, their multiple outlets to give handouts to all the media to keep you up in a hype. Terror alerts coming. Oh, my God, we're going to get blown up. There's going to be ships in New York Harbor with nukes on them. They've been saying that since 2002, and nothing's actually happened. But it doesn't matter. If you miss out, you might be the one that gets blown up, and that's how your, your mind thinks. So don't, get a, don't go overboard when you listen to uh, one bad story after another. The whole idea of education is to be able to handle the news that you're getting and to decide what is relevant to you and what to delete from your brain, basically, or your, your brain can't cope with it all. It's very simple. What's worth saving, what isn't saving? Because 
you'll find, like I did a long time ago, uh, when I listened into it, it was John, it was on John Stadmiller, in fact, and then an elderly woman called in back in the 90s, and she says, you know, I'm around 82, I think she was, she said, I've been following the Patriot Movement for for about 60 years, and she says, she said, she said everything's always discussed about what's coming, it always happens, nothing stops it, and nothing had ever, ever stopped anything the big boys wanted. And there's a truism there. They do get what they want, and if they don't get it initially, they'll change a term of a bill or something and stick it through uh, an omnibus bill that gets rammed through that nobody reads. But one way or another, they get what they want. So we're going to understand this, that uh, just listening to news isn't going to stop anything, and even me speaking about it isn't going to stop it by itself. You're dealing with people here who go into a mindset once they join uh, governmental groups. It's an actually mindset they go into. And uh, everything is very politically correct inside that mindset. You can't uh, bust out and be apart from your group that you've now identified with. And these characters will bring you into science fiction land, which they have done in mainstream, uh, into believing our lives are all at stake as the people who own your governments and who own your countries, the big boys with the big rich characters, um, plunder the rest of the world for all the resources, for themselves, not for the countries. Don't, for, don't ever think it's for you or the countries. You'll get nothing out of it. When Britain, for instance, uh, ruled the world, as he said, and when I went to school, they had all these pink bits on the, the map of the world, and the, the teachers should say, these pink bits are, are what we own. We own nothing. We didn't even own our own, own houses or, or, or rooms that we, we rent. I, mean, I, I, I actually was born in a, in a room uh, that housed four people. That was Great Britain at its height. In other words, all the loot of all the countries and uh, all the resources of the countries that Britain had occupied over an awful long time never, ever helped the people back home out in any way, shape, or form at all. All the people were basically was were, were, were cattle fodder for the guns and to join the army when there's no work and stuff like that, much the same as they're using America for today. And that's how governments really are. Marx said it right. He made, just because he was Marxist, don't think he was, he was actually uh, wrong in a lot of aspects, or people would never have followed him. But he, did, he was quite right. He said all wars are wars of economy. They're economic wars. And that's what you're seeing today as big, rich companies. The new feudal system, as Quigley talked about, that he was all for, by the way, um, are plundering the last resources. And the Royal Institute of International Affairs was set up with a premise. They took over from the Milner Group uh, of, of international bankers, uh, combined them together with the Cecil Rhodes Society, and their job was to go across the planet to grabbing the resources of all the other countries. And that's what Cecil Rhodes himself had been set out to do. Uh, by Rothschild, his, his benefactor. So they're still at it today, and people still think our boys, we're supposed to support our boys in the field. Well, I cannot support a mercenary. I cannot support mercenaries when war has not declared. And uh, it's an unfortunate thing when you're young, you never think you're going to get killed. You're still playing, um, I used to say cowboys and Indians used to be, and now you're playing soldier or Xbox into, right into real life, but you're still a child in your head. And that's why, of course, the military always pick young guys, guys who have no wisdom and no maturity. They have no foresight into what's coming or how what they even do is going to affect them down the road or affect others for that matter. 
They can't see it at all. And they think they're immortal. That's why they join up. The bad guys always get killed in movies, not the good guys, because, because bad guys can't shoot straight. And that's what Hollywood gives you over and over again. And there's quite a good few good books out on the history of Hollywood and propaganda for the military. I've got some here. They go way back to World War One, in fact, uh, and onwards, and how the the Pentagon's always worked with Hollywood and churned out lists and lists and lists of movies. And, and for 30 years now, they've, they've done ones on bad Arabs. And I've mentioned that link before. It's worth seeing. Uh, they shows you some of these ones for 30 years that Hollywood's been churning out. On ones called Real Bad Arabs and how they really defame uh, the Arabian peoples. They always show them living in the desert and their faces covered and stuff. They never show you the cities or the culture, their universities and hospitals or even the places um, like Libya's got where literally everyone uh, gets the money, revenue, the oil revenue money goes back into the people and uh, you get free education right through university level, and then you get an apartment given to you as well. I mean, they never mention all of these things when they defame the Arabs, real bad Arabs, as to be, as so that your young generation will grow up th- brainwashed with this stuff. They're so ignorant they haven't read anything else themselves. They won't look in to check up and, and see, are they really, that's just how they really are. You, know, you can't trust them. It's always guys with big noses and long knives. That's what they show you in Hollywood. They're all, they're, they, you just cannot trust. And that's how you create an enemy, you see, through fiction. And then the fiction is carried on by the governments that, that then go take you to war. It's still a fiction. You see, the causes are, are always fictitious. And they'll never tell you the truth of why they're at war at all. So be careful with the news. Be careful about fear. Don't get addicted to it. Don't think you can't listen to something one day and, 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 or, or you'll miss something that will save your life. Don't, don't get hooked. There's techniques. There's a lot of psyops out there. So be careful what you let into your mind uh, because you must keep a cool head at all times. The ones who plan all the fear-mongering certainly do have very calm minds that plan it all for you to soak up and become terrified and immobilized by. The psyops war covers a lot of fields. Now, from people outside the U.S., looking into the U.S. today, it's not a place you would want to go and visit. And this homeland security has gone way beyond the Stasi, way, way beyond the Stasi, where every citizen now is basically suspect. And that's what Total Information Network is all about. It's about you, the average person. And even the ones who are not average people, they've got to have all the latest information on you. You must be predictable in everything that you do and say. That is the new world order for you. And then you have um, Homeland Security going absolutely haywire. You've got these black-clad goons and TSA that are now going into your train journeys. And I've said before, I said a few months back, they'll probably end up doing the buses as well. And you probably get strip searched in front of all the other passengers. I mean, when you allow yourselves to go down this path of utter humiliation, you become an object, an, a lower animal in the eyes of the abusers. And they treat you all the more harsher every time you go through their system because they have no respect for you. 
If you can't have respect for yourself, they will certainly not respect you at all. I remember in that V for Vendetta, there was a little scene there where the woman scientist who was given the job of fomenting this killer virus using more guinea pigs of prisoners that picked up, she says, they're just so disgusting. They wouldn't look you in the eyes eventually. They just looked at the floor and she, she, began, she began to hate them. Well, that's how any abusive system and using the abusers at the bottom will tend to look upon you as you're scared to look these characters in the eyes in case they slam you down and kill you or something or taser you. And that's what the government wants. So you better start thinking, what kind of government do you want? And you better start making sure you get it quickly. Back with more after the spring. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. Just, as I say, giving a warning of how things are going because when you accept all of this degradation to yourself and other, and other peoples, then you truly are on the road down to the abyss because it's happened before in history and it always happens. And when a country run by criminals, believe you me, who've been scamming the public for an awful long time, uh, lose control to get worse and worse and worse as they go overboard in their paranoia, because really they're not afraid of Al-Qaeda or anybody. They're scared of the general population. That's why they spend so much money and time, and there's so much of a media out there all paid to keep you in the dark and give you Disneyland. That's why. That's what they're scared of. And how it will change, I do not know. But I do know that this is the road when a country literally is uh, an empire owned by criminals is going down fast. This is what they turn on. They turn on their own people. Now, one article today that came in was from K5 News in Seattle, and they'll show you this beefy steroid thug of a cop um, basically kill people, you know, or try to at least, uh, by his tactics of bringing them down. doesn't matter what they're doing, he wants to bring them down, you see. Now, I've done articles before about, from various military magazines to do with, with, the, with the, the soldier of the future. Now, now, what I read then is here, because the soldiers now are prescribed so many drugs in the field that they're living in a haze, a psychedelic haze. And don't think it's just the soldiers is happening to the police too, because for years they have known and allowed and maybe encouraged, in fact, the cops to take lots and lots of, of steroids to beef them up. You can always tell that beefy look is chubby and more than muscular, and they get no neck at all, basically. And they're very aggressive, incredibly aggressive and nasty. They're not too bright to start with, but they're aggressive. And that's true, too, because quite a few years ago, I read the, the entrance for, for police in the U.S., and if you had a certain I, above a certain IQ, they didn't want you. I'm not kidding. So they wanted this type for this particular period in time. Anyway, this cop, you'll see him body slamming people and, and breaking their necks and stuff like that, literally. And he's still on the force. And see, that is the image across the world of the ugly American. 
because he speaks not for himself and his own actions. He speaks for those who, who keep him going, who are behind him and who back him up, which is the system. That's what's called the ugly American, like the old book called the ugly American, the old novel. It's actually here, and they're, they're roaming the streets, uh, giving pretty well a license to kill, as far as I can see. And at one time they could get away with it. Now, of course, everything's international, and so they tend to get judged by the world or the society at large. If anything's done, it'll only be by pressure from outsiders, really, and saying, how can you treat your own people like that, basically? Because nothing else is going to work, it would seem. So I'll put that link up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of this broadcast, and you can see it for yourself. It's a, that's what scares people off from even going in to visit the United States. That's exactly what it does, because you don't get that in civilized countries. And policemen are supposed to be polite and address you as sir. You're not supposed to be the serf. Another uh, video put up is uh, about the Fukushima number no. four reactor. They're saying it's leaning now, and um, it's quite interesting because I've seen inside of it, at least from the drones have been putting up, and it's, it's a mass of uh, this is where all the really dirty, dirty plutonium, the moxie plutonium, was kept, and uh, you got about forty feet now of, of this stuff still fissioning off. And breaking down into smaller pieces, but it's about 40 feet of it to go yet. And then the smaller pieces, the smaller the pieces get, of course, the more dusty they become, and the more they flow off into the air and get whisked across the, across the world. But the interesting part for me in the story was just one man describing uh, perception management towards the latter half of it. He talks about, because he's asked the question, why isn't the media even talking about Japan anymore? And he says that the governments have got into action to handle perception of the public, perception management. And they've come to the conclusion it's best to give them no news at all and let them forget it, basically, which has already happened to most folk, And uh, rather than give them any any truths or lies at all. Uh, just give them none at all for perception management and play it all down. So you'll hear him talking about that on this particular uh, interview from Russia today. Now, the U.S. is also pushing out into trying to surround Russia once more with missiles and jets and so on. It's as though they want really a last gasp. And this is what uh, Toynbee said a long time ago when he went through the history of the U.S., how it would become the policeman of the world and how it would have a few wars here and there. It would be successful in some. It would be defeated in others. And then they'd have a final push and then they'd be utterly bankrupt. And he wrote that back in the 40s. And he was a professor, of course, at Oxford University for Rhodes Scholarship. So anyway, it says, U.S. to station F-16 jets in Poland. Uh, President Barack Obama is set to formally announce the deployment of U.S. military aircraft to Poland in a move that could damage Washington's relation with Moscow. Well, I would think so. And it says that... Um, the 16 jets will move from the Aviano Air Force Base in Italy to Lask in central Poland. And I'll read some more of this when I come back from this break. You're 
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back. Cutting through the matrix. Talking about the U.S. now, again, militarizing Europe uh, against Russia. And reading from the Telegraph. And it says uh, that um, they're sitting F-16 combat aircraft on Polish soil. And uh, saying diplomatic sources, a Polish newspaper, Gazeta, uh, claimed that 16 U.S. jets will move from their current home at the Aviano Air Force Base in Italy to last central Poland, be stationed on a rotational basis from 2013. The American president is also expected to hold talks about sta- stationing SM-3 interceptor missiles in Poland as part of Washington's plans for a missile defense shield, and the United States already has a Patriot missile battery in Poland. And then when you go to the next article, uh, it's, it's from the, the English Pravda. It says USA and Romania as well are to aim missiles against Russia. It's really upsetting, uh, obviously, Russia. The elements of the U.S. missile defense system will appear at the fo- former Soviet military base in the Romanian town of Defeselu and some 500 kilometers from the base of the Russian Black Sea Fleet. This was stated by President uh, Trian Basescu, who stressed that the two states have already agreed on everything. We've chosen and agreed upon the former air for, for base at uh, Defeselu as a site for the deployment of a missile defense system. He stated on a remote uh, Romanian television broadcast, according to him, apparently approximately 200 American troops would be stationed there, but if necessary, their numbers will increase to 500. They'll be supported by radar complex, Aegis, and the, the Center of Operational Control and Missile Defense Batteries and Mobile Batteries with Interceptor Missiles Standard 3. So that's really ticking off the Russians. There's two articles, Poland uh, and uh, Romania and some other countries are bringing in the U.S. troops and with permanent bases and and Air Force jets as well. So that's big things are happening on the quiet uh, because they, they intend to keep... I think the only thing keeping the U.S. going right now is war. If it's not for the war industry, then what's left? Uh, they've already told the Chinese to stop uh, sending so much to the U.S. as to bring down austerity to the U.S. citizenry, this they're telling us. But in reality, you see the government is producing nothing. I mean, the, the country's producing hardly anything at all. It's all raw materials are getting shipped out. Or war. Or military items. That's really what the U.S. is left with. It's quite the, system, the state of affairs. And as I say, that's what happens at the end of really a fascist takeover and at the end of the life of the fascist system because it, it lives on warfare, even to keep its own citizenry in check. Now, we'll go to the, the callers now. There's Georgie from Pennsylvania on the line. Are you there, Georgie? Yes, uh, Mr. White. Greetings to you. Yes. Um I wanted to touch on a few things, but first thing first, you spoke of fear uh, quite a bit this evening. Yep. Now, um, the BBC yep. invented for propaganda, mm-hmm. and uh, we've all heard in the past how these psychopaths in control love to gloat yep. and admit how evil they are. Mm-hmm. Well, there was recently, you can find on YouTube, uh, BBC... Uh, documentary show six parts long entitled how tv ruined your life 
Oh, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, it was presented in a comedic comedy, but it was absolutely true. They did Fear, Love, Aspirational Television, The Life Cycle, Progress, and Knowledge. And despite the fact that it was presented in a uh, comical format, it was true. Yeah. And I wonder why they presented com com in, in a manner of comedy. And I think, A, you know, if you, if you tell the truth through comedy, people are more prone to listen. But on the other hand, if you tell through comedy, you're only going to take it so seriously because, hey, it's to make you laugh. Yeah, but it's all a commentary in there, too, from the guy who's giving all this out to show you how degraded he himself is by, by, being, by being brought up in that system of television. Well, he had another show uh, where he delves into how if, you're in, if you get involved in television, you're, you will inevitably be driven mad. Yeah, he would, yeah. Uh, you would also mention the policemen. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I would like to refute that just a little bit because uh, I've had many encounters with police officers and I think for the most part, as citizens, we tend to forget that they are human beings as well. Hold on a minute here. Here's the thing here. Watch the video first and then watch his supervisors. Watch his supervisors who are shielding him and know his history right from the academy they were warning them about this guy. And they're still, they're still standing up for this guy who literally breaks people's necks, who are quite innocent, by the way, as found out afterwards, and he gets away with it. So, so the thing is, you can't have a system. What they're showing you is they don't mind having these guys on the force anymore. This is a message for the public. Right. It's the same with tasering. When they brought out the taser gun, and no time at all, we had all these deaths all over the place in every country, including Canada. And no one ever got suspended for it or, or anything else uh, because that's a message also to the police. Yeah, now you can shock them with cattle prods. You, you can shock the cattle with cattle prods because that's all a taser is. And it's the same now when they brought in the dum-dum bullets, they call them hollow points in Canada and elsewhere, which are, are forbidden under United Nations Treaty to be used in warfare, but you can use them against your own citizens now. So every time they pull their gun out, a person is killed, you well, see. interestingly you say that, I had a gun pulled out on me by a police officer once, and I got very lucky. He did not pull the trigger. Yep. And when I was put into the what I was doing, I was shoplifting. This was years ago, and I had ran far and fast. I couldn't do that again if uh, someone had asked me to. Yeah. And when they had finally caught me, one of them had the gun pulled. Mm -hmm. And then I'm in the back of the car, and one of the officers had commented, Wow, you ran very quickly and far. How did you do that? You gave us quite a fright. I said, Yeah, I know. You re you even had your gun pulled. And then they both got silent, and uh, they had noticed the two officers had shot a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, I guess, intrepid, a, a fearful glance at one another, like, oh, no, this kid could uh, get us in trouble. Yeah. And I replied to them, hey, don't worry about it. I've been watching the news this month. It, and what was happening on the news that very month was every day, literally every other day, police officer shot, police officer shot. 
So what they were doing was, through the media, they were literally scaring the daylights out of the police officers into thinking Yeah, but that also, you understand, too, there's things work together. There's an overworld you live in, and that's the one you take for granted. There's an underworld you live in, which is run by the same boys as run the overworld. The legal and the underworld are run together by the same people who control a society. And you'll see it in action. When they want oh, I laws, have. I have. When they want I've run the world and seen it in action, actually. Yeah, when you want laws passed, what you do, what you do, you cut off the, the drugs going into a city. This happened in Canada, by the way, when they're trying to get more um, uh, restrictions on firearms and rifles and hunters and so on. And it was, for a whole year, there was a spate of shootings, mainly in the black areas of Toronto, as gangs were fighting gangs over, because what, the, what it was happening, they were cutting off the drugs getting in. You see? And so, what, the, the guys who were addicted to, and the prices go up, and what happens, they end up raiding each other, the gangs raid each other to try and get what's left, left of the drugs to sell. Uh, and then, of course, they, they let it go for a whole year. Then they, they immediately, they, all the people of Canada have spoken and they passed laws that every hunter had to register a rifle or whatever. That's despicable. And then, and then, and that's what they said, that the people of Canada have spoken. No one asked the people of Canada. But, but anyway, here's the thing. As soon as they passed the law, all the shootings in those areas stopped immediately because they let the drugs start to flow back in. Is it law or color of law, as they call it in the U.S.? Yeah, it's all. Everything's color of law. Everything's color of law. Interestingly, in that last night, you had a fella call in uh, asking about the straw man. Yeah. Well, uh, I would advise your listeners just go to your search engine of choice and type in UCC one law. It's not actually a law; it's a bill. Again, it's color of law. And uh, a lot, much of it is confusing. It has to be because it's you're being had. And basically, what it means, as I understand it, is if you see your name, like take out your driver's license. If you see your name spelled in all caps yeah. and/or last name first, or with abbreviations, that's not you. That's not me. That's the straw man. Now, on your passport, as your name appears first, middle, last a Roman numeral afterwards, if you have one, with only the first letters of each proper noun capitalized, that is the real you. According to the UCC-1 bill, when a person turns 18, and they never taught me this in economics class while I was in school, when you're 18, you have a one-month window to petition the Federal Reserve to reclaim the copy of the birth certificate they took when you were born. Now, you could still do it afterwards, but it's much harder. I've actually downloaded the form. It costs $15 to get it back, but I'm sure you have to go through all sorts of... Uh, but do you really think they, they scrub it all for you because they care about what your rights? Do you really believe in this day of all data collection uh, that, that's, that that makes it all right and you don't know who you are? No, I think all that matters <laughs> is that I care about my rights and the rights of my fellow yeah, human but beings. But really, the only way you stop anything is literally to change all the laws and toss all the old laws out the window and start afresh as it's supposed to be done because... In fact, in Florida, they're passing a law right now that uh, children will not be allowed, like the youth, like the youth, they like yeah. to uh, wear their jeans below their bum. 
and they're trying to pass a law to t basically tell them how to dress. Now, whether or not I approve of a kid walking around with his ass hanging out, I certainly don't think there should be a law telling anyone how they should dress. You understand that they dress the way they're told to dress by the media and entertainment industry. And this year, the international censor, the international censorship for the U.S. and the world, by the way, now said it's okay to show the bums on bare bums on television, and it went right into effect on music television. And you see all the stuff, and the children will copy whatever they see. That's what it's for. That's why it works that way. So your own censor departments have. have, have, have push the envelope another step to make sure that the youngsters follow the next part of the agenda, which they do. Yeah. But, but thanks for calling. I have to go on with, with the, 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 the program here tonight, too. But, uh, but yeah, you've you got to understand, there's always more behind what youngsters do. They don't just come out with these fashions for them. Uh, the same with the baggy stuff that, 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 that they gave for the rappers and so on. They didn't come out and invent this stuff themselves. It's all done by big, big business and the fashion industry. They come and he's an image for you. Or do you want to be rebellious? Here's the image we've created for you. Join it. You know, take your pick. And everything in society is like that. And it's been like that all along for an awful, awful long time. Now, in Canada, it's bad enough that we're all in the same system together, this fascist system, as everything goes down the tubes to an extent. But it's supposed to, it's supposed to be a new system comes out at the end, the way that the planners have got it all made. Once they've trained us all to just obey and be good and be austere and don't eat meat and don't drive and all that kind of stuff. Well, just knowing someone uh, that the government's got an interest in can get you on the no-fly list for Canada going anywhere else or even across Canada. And they won't have to tell you either that you're on that list or why you're on it. And it says, um, it's from the Canadian press, it says, uh, simply knowing someone suspected of terrorist activities could land you in Canada's no-fly list, according to an internal document the government tried to keep secret. Criteria for a possible addition to the list includes a person who directly associates with an alleged extremist, says a draft document prepared by Transport Canada officials. The no-fly list, which came into effect in June 2007, is intended to prevent people considered a threat to airline security from getting on a flight, taking off in or heading to Canada. The government says candidates for the list are assessed on a case-by-case -case basis, but the precise criteria for inclusion have long been a mystery. Civil libertarians, opposition MPs and the Federal Privacy Commissioner have all raised concerns about fairness of the no-fly roster. What does it matter? Because the, the Federal Privacy Commissioner has... No power in Parliament in any of the British Commonwealth countries. So the Canadian press uh, requested records related to the planned no-fly list under the Access to Information Act more than five years ago. While some documents were released, others were withheld. A complaint to the Federal Information Commission only recently dislodged the late 2005 draft memo outlining selection factors for inclusion, inclusion on the list. So it's given you stuff that's five years old. Transport Canada did not reply to questions about why the material was kept under wraps for years. The one-page memo divides the selection factors into three types of threats, individual, criminal, and terrorist. Now, what's an individual threat? I mean, speaking your mind in an age of terrorism, terrorism everywhere, right? It's like Orwell said, speaking the truth in an age of, of universal deceit 
as, as a revolutionary act. So you're considered a terrorist if you speak the truth. Or even disclose what the government's doing from their own websites. All three categories uh, flag people with an interest in or history of attacking civilian aircraft. But they also provide new details about who might be added to the no-fly list. The individual category sings out those whose mental instability is considered a threat to an airliner as well as people with a history of unruly violent behavior against aviation. The criminal criteria includes those with a record of violence coupled with a motive to attack or harm an air carrier. A person who has attended a terrorist training camp and has gained knowledge, that means any army cadet, (laughs) because that's what you teach them there, can be used to target the aviation sector falls under the terrorism-related criteria. The category also includes someone who directly associates with an individual who is known for or suspected of terrorist acts. Now, the thing is, though, you might know that person, but you don't know they're involved or suspected of terrorist acts. Now, you might find before they get the person they're after, they could have a thousand people all, all wanted for that one act. They eventually are scrubbed, maybe scrubbed off, maybe kept on the list, but they're not actually terrorists at all. And you probably, and for that, each one person, he probably knows about a hundred person himself, people himself, and you'll know them too. But the fact is, you don't know who's who. There might be some, someone you say hello to every day. How is it going? And that's all you do. And you know nothing else about them. They leave it so wide open so they can rope in anybody they want when they want. That's what they do this for. Because you see, we're all suspect in this day and age. Back with more after this break. Folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. I let the guitar wail a little bit longer there because sometimes you've got to wail and get out of your system. I've talked about memes before and how they set trends and, and how they insert things in newspapers that most folk don't put together. They'll see it in one article, one paper, one magazine. They seem all different articles, but they're actually the same articles to shape the way that you think about a certain thing, to get you to start to accept the idea or possibility that something's coming along the pike that might be good for you and get used to it. And he's one of them today. Taking birth control pills may mask the signals that draw the sexes together, research shows, it says. And then it goes into how literally drugs can alter your hormonal, um, hormonal responses and so on and chemical signaling, etc. But then you take it with the next article, and it's, it's got... You see, this is, this is done with, with pharmacology and neuropharmacology to change behavior and everything else, too. Obese mothers to get a pill to prevent fat babies in the National Health Service trial. There you go. Get them in the womb, and the mums can take the pills, and hopefully the children won't be obese. But what, what else won't they be? Maybe not too bright, eh? And then you, you go on to this one here, and it says, The pills set to make you want to exercise more, quit smoking, and stay faithful to your partner. These are three separate articles, all put out, obviously, to set a trend of thinking in the same day. 
And it says here, um, according to a new book, The Compass of Pleasure, that futuristic world may, may not be far off where pop pills uh, to cure or curb a range of ills. And it's a book by John Hopkins University, neuroscientist. Here's the guys who want to manage all your brains for you, David J. Linden, and explores the search for drugs that may alter behavior by working on the brain. This is a big push now in all pharmacology, working together with the universities, big bucks involved, of course, to get the whole populations on drugs to alter behavior, to make them obey their governments and do whatever they're told. That's what exactly what Bertrand Russell said back in the 30s and 40s they would do, plus using injections, he says, the needle too would make them a bit dumber. Anyway, um, Magic Pills, the new book, The Compass of Pleasure, suggests new pills may alter behavior, blocking addictions and enhancing relationships. Well, no wonder you'd be too dozy to notice whatever else is around you. And uh, these drugs are often called psychopharmaceuticals, and they can be used to stop smoking, quit drinking, ward off midnight cravings, or even stay faithful to our spouse. What a a joke, you know, these claims that they're making. Critics argue it's dangerous to meddle in human behavior, which has many nuances and factors that are poorly understood. There's also the possibility for harmful side effects, as anyone who has has seen a pharmaceutical ad on TV might suspect. Further, it could behavior alter drugs. Uh, they could become the tools of criminals or even terrorists, well, be your governments, because they are the guys that want you all to take them, by the way. I'm not kidding about that. I've got stacks of stuff from governments and this particular field that they want to add this stuff to the water supplies and so on. And it's discussed at big high-level meetings. All the top professors at universities know of this stuff and what the proposals are all about. And they all get into it, of course, in university because they see it as the way of the future. You know, it's a winning horse here. Let's get into that field. That's how these characters do it, the lower psychopaths. That's how they do it. And then they create the business. And the governments are happy because they want this for a, a happy, predictable population of subjects. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>